0: Dig in arms side Dig
1: Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. This week, once again, that regular contributor to Vision on Sound, Paul Chandler, the shy Yeti, is our returning guest and is sitting in the hot seat as I fling another of our random chat topics in his general direction. And when we set out on our journey, neither of us have much of a clue where it's going to go. Happily, this week, we talk quite a lot about The Avengers in both its black and white Emma appeal and colour Tara King phases before moving on to such hot topics as received opinions in fandom, the whole notion of collectibles and some of the new and exciting ways to experience television in the modern era. So without any further ado, let's kick up those Fab Radio International time engines and dive right in and see where we end up, which presumably won't be anywhere too bizarre. Hello there, Paul. How the heck are you?
0: Oh, not too bad. How are you? Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) Up and (laughs) (laughs) atom. I thought
1: today we might get a bit random. I thought we might have a bit of a random chat. I like those sometimes. They seem to work. So I'm going to kick you off into the long grass by asking you, a nice easy opener, what have you been watching
0: recently, Paul? Well, probably the thing I've watched most of all uh, has been The Avengers, because it, it, Always the Avengers. Well, uh, well the it's Avengers. Been, been ever since I was asked to do an article for Around the Archives, mm-hmm. and I was recording with my, my friend Muffley on tour, mm-hmm. and he, he wanted to do certain episodes, and I thought, well, I'd better watch his episodes, and I was mm-hmm. I to do a particular an episode. And we, we, we actually, but I've watched yours, so now I want to watch mine. Well, we picked the Black and White M. Appeal series, which mm-hmm. I, I hadn't, but I, I've got them, I've said this before, I, I have them on multiple sources I have yeah. DVDs I have Blu-rays I have them digitally mm. so I'm coming and covering it. my parents I don't have any of my DVD collection with me but I'm able to watch them because I've got them on time it's all quite mm. we with my, my nomadic lifestyle these days it's nice to know you I've got some TV that I can An just itinerant telewatcher well, well the, the trouble is because I've had problems with rheumatism and stuff mm. by the time I put my laptop and I have a CPAP machine for sleeping and uh, there's mm. not much I don't drive so I have to go on the train there's not mm. much space left in my rucksack for mm. Clothes, so I have to make sure I have clothes down here. So I did used to take DVDs and stuff with me, mm. but I I, I I just can't fit it all in. So uh, you have it's a quite, sort of yeah. massive Batman-style utility belt with I, all these things. Yeah, on exactly. It. <laughs> so it's quite handy to have have it digitally. But mm. once I started watching one or two mm. for that that I kind of started... The black and white one. Yeah, then I kind of decided I wanted to watch some of my favourite Tarot King mm. episodes. And I've also been reading one of Paul O'Grady's autobiographies since he passed. Ah, okay. And he was a big Avengers fan and he was a big fan mm. of Tara King. Ah. So, so it's, it's been sort of...
1: So you're uh, carrying the torch for that.
0: Yeah. Um, but i also been sort of looking at Linda Thorson's um, Twitter feed because she was a mm. big friend of his. And, and, mm. and, and you yeah, know, she's a good ambassador for the Avengers still. Oh, absolutely. And, um, yeah, so I've been watching a lot of Tara King, Avengers. Um, and yesterday I went back and watched uh, The Town of No Return, which is the first mm. black and white. So mm. It's the one that they... One of the two that they they filmed. Reshot. Yes, yeah. and then reshot. Mm. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's... I think I've discussed this when we've talked about things i watched. I uh, like Dynasty, where I've mm. noticed boom mics. And, and we mm. wonder whether... When well, I didn't watch Dynasty when it was first screened. Mm. So I don't know whether like these boom mics, weren't in shot because the the aspect ratio wasn't... So. Oh, well,
1: yeah, the old cathode ray used to cut quite a lot mm. of edge off, didn't it? So, I mean, there was a safety margin, I think, uh, which we don't get now because of our wonderful plasma screens yeah. and... And wonderful full-screen DVD. Although a lot of people have been complaining recently that you know the Blu-ray image on certain releases is slightly cropped mm. and they're and they're not getting the full picture. And <laughs> I don't know. You see, my thing is always I can follow the plot, I can see the acting, mm. I can hear the words. I'm not really bothered if I can't quite see the edge of the picture. But again, I'm also one of these people. And obviously, uh, listeners will find this a bit of heresy. Is I don't mind the aspect ratio. I don't mind if I watch it widescreen when it isn't. Mm. I know some people would find that absolute heresy, but I actually, I'm not bothered. I'm following the plot. You know what I'm saying? I'm following the story. So those sorts of things don't bother me as much as they obviously bother some people. I was going to ask you, though, Mm. because we have sort of moved into this territory, I seem to remember I spoke to you a few episodes ago and we talked about the fact that you're not mad keen on black and white. Have you reappraised the black and white Avengers since you've watched a few?
0: No, I think I'm okay with black and white when it's film, because right. it's such a beautiful, clear picture. I think yeah. it's more the murky black and white video the, the, white. the, the yeah, that obviously. I'm less patient yeah. with these days. Sort of smeary. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd I, uh, be more in the mood for that. But I have no trouble with, with, with film in black and white. But um,
1: That is By far, my personal favourite series overall Mm -mm. of the Avengers. It's one of those things, I think the editing skills... It's like the whole British film industry is now available for telly because British film isn't being made as much. Mm. And you've got some of the best directors from British film, you've got editors. They really know what they're doing in that series. And Mm. again, you're absolutely right, that crisp, sharp, Mm. beautiful black and white it photographs so well i'm a fan of black and white photography myself anyway Mm. so i kind of have an appreciation for it although i I do hear that people really you know a lot of people now they can't process black and white because they haven't grown up watching it so they find it really difficult to watch
0: yeah i I do notice it is so clear that i'm whether it's because it is the clarity that i'm noticing Mm. that like so there was a scene in the Avengers episode I was watching, the the town of No Return, where mm. they're obviously filming on a beach, and then for not, I don't know whether it was something that needed to be picked up because the sound didn't come out, but there's a mm. there's a, a, another shot where it kind of goes close up, and you realise that the background of the beach is no longer the actual beach, which it definitely was at some point, but it's mm. now a, a, a blow up of a of a shot mm. of the beach, mm. and then it cuts again, and they're back on the beach, and she says bye and walks on, mm. and I'm thinking. Well, if they did the bit where she walks on and she spoke, it can't have It mm. must have been something to do with that shot, where perhaps the sound, didn't, and they had to retake it or something. But, but I also noticed boom mics, which I, I don't mm. remember seeing as much boom mics in the Avengers uh, until mm. this particular rewatch. You've just become a better TV viewer than Maybe you were. Like, That's yeah.
1: why you're more critical. Than well, there's <laughs> what the one,
0: there's another scene where, and I think, I mean, some when I'm watching it on Prime, it has trivia mm. and it has some of the, well, as they call it, the goofs. Oh right. Which you can look at as you're watching. Can you? Uh, oh, or you, you can pause oh. and have a look. And I, I don't know where they've got their their facts, their facts from, but mm. uh, on the
1: old old DVD releases, there used to be a follow the hat option. Oh, that's right. It, yes, yeah. and it would cut to some insert if you wanted it to so it would just go off and you'd get a random fact and then it would go back to show i don't know that's like having commercial breaks of it, it just yeah. doesn't compute but
0: <laughs> yeah there, there was another scene on on the beach where mm. you know, where i think emma was coming down to meet up with steed they, after mm. they'd been doing their separate things and you could tell it was studio but it was quite good until it pulled away and you could sort of see the very top of the studio or a little bit mm. of something amongst the painting of the, the replication oh. of the sky i was like Oh, there's a box up there. There's a box in the sky that's not Just goes off
1: the edge of the cyclorama. (laughs) Oh, well, never mind. Um, So um, hmm. that episode, Town of No Return, was the first broadcast Dino Rig Mm, episode, wasn't it? Isn't it... I know it's rumoured. I don't know whether you've been watching it in that kind of detail, but isn't it rumoured that Elizabeth Shepard actually is in a couple of the long shots, or or did they completely reshoot it?
0: I'm always fascinated by things like that. Mm. And I didn't notice her necessarily but mm. there was one bit where because funnily enough they meet they meet a guy on the train who's also mm. coming to visit the town and he's played mm. by the guy who plays mother is it patrick patrick newell is it
1: patrick newell yes yeah so, yes, yeah well, i did wonder whether you were going to remark on that yeah i knew he was in that episode
0: and, and then there's a scene where he's being later on where he's being chased by people with mm. a gun and then mm. there's there's a cut and somebody who's clearly not him is running, and I had to, I had to flip, flash back to it because it was a slightly that taller
1: and, and, and three stone lighter with, with, with grey hair.
0: And, and the, the two things that occurred to me is, was that shot supposed to be more on his legs, ah. like a stuntman doing running running through wet? Well, perhaps they didn't want Patrick to be doing that. Or I thought, oh, is this like? Perhaps the, the original series. version of this episode had a, maybe Patrick Newell wasn't in the original version, mm. maybe, or I don't know, I don't, it's one of these things where you get questions but you're not ever necessarily going to get the answer now. But
1: well, That's why we all get so fascinated by this old telly, because yes. there's always something yeah. else to discover, isn't there? And of course the shows that are most analysed, the shows that people really, really look into frame by frame almost, you can quite mm. often find out something new. I mean, there are people are still finding new stuff about the prisoner you know, mm, 50 yeah. years on. I mean, it's, if, okay. if If you want to analyse it in that
0: detail, there's always something
1: new to find.
0: There's no way that the man running, they they weren't they put him in a black wig if he was supposed to if mm. it was supposed to be a, a full shot. I can understand if it was supposed to be top mm. yeah, sort of shoulders and legs running. Um, I don't know. I think there's some mistake in that shot. But there we go.
1: <laughs> is Patrick Newell's character definitely very dead at the end of the episode? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. uh, yes. I mean, yes, what I'm saying is he
1: doesn't him, yes. get shot and crippled and end up being
0: mother. <laughs> well, I mean, they they did that in they did that in Scream with with, uh, with the most recent film. There was some. Char- that were definitely supposed to be dead who turned out (laughs) not to have been dead after all uh, so they could appear in the most recent film so so who knows, maybe Mother did did survive
1: uh. it's nice to make those connections though there are these I mean there aren't many but obviously because I know uh, Linda Thorson for example doesn't appear in an earlier episode I know they have the crossover with that yes that's right so uh, how many of the black and white ones have you actually watched now
0: Um, I I haven't well other than the ones that I watched for the article I watched um, Mm. The Hour That Never Was and I watched the one I did was The House That Jack Built and Mm. I also watched because that was a funny one Mm. because that's that's a remake isn't it well or is it well this is where I got I sort of was again it was mm. it became a bit of an investigation because mm. now there's there's a color Dynamic one called The Joker mm. where Emma Peel is a definite
1: is, remake of a non black man.
0: That's a definite. that is definitely a remake um mm. of Don't Look Behind You, a Cathy Gale episode, Mm. which I don't think I'd necessarily seen. I'd owned it for ages, but Mm. I hadn't necessarily seen every single Cathy Gale episode. Mm. And So I went back and I watched that as well, and I was shocked. Yes, that was a very, (laughs) you know, including (laughs) setups, including where they're going, including where, Mm. and and I'm thinking, does Steve not remember this has happened all before, this has not happened before?
1: (laughs) I think we can forgive them (laughs) to a certain extent because, I mean, there have been several years between the episodes, and of course people didn't record them didn't save them in those days you know for home consumption so it's kind of interesting because I think quite a few of the series in those days did do a little bit of recycling not Mm. you know they didn't Mm. wholesale recycle but large chunks of a show that was a good one people enjoyed that let's do that on film that might be a good one Especially if you've got to have a week where Patrick Mcnee's not available, mm. and you need one that's, mm. you know, a good script for Emma. I mean, I, I, yeah. I can see them why they do it. Although sometimes it does seem a little bit in this modern era where we are able to devour what's mm. left of a show and see large chunks of it that we possibly weren't supposed to have seen again. <laughs> yeah, I think it is interesting that that now we can look at it and go, oh, that's the same as that. I mean, is that famous Terry Nation? Wrote two episodes of two different series. You basically used the same script mm. moment, yeah. and I think it's interesting. Again, a lot of these stories might be completely apocryphal and, and just fan lore, but there's the idea that these two episodes from two different series, the the Baron and the Adventurer, I think it was, mm. turned up on the same night in America, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. and there was one
1: after the other, and, yeah. and so everybody went, oh, hold on,
0: Terence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think out of those, the, the two that were remakes, the, the house mm-hmm. that Jack built is, I promise, at least the Emma's by herself in a house, but Mm. I think I enjoy that one more because there's a whole lot of scenes where she's sort of Mm. trapped in a recurring uh, Mm. and and has flashbacks for me of things like Legopolis, where uh, Mm. uh, in with Doctor Who and and, but where they're going to the TARDIS within the TARDIS within the TARDIS.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting within um, certainly within within the Avengers because certain episodes from the entire run, certain episodes. Kinda of got picked up on for the movie, didn't they? The mm. Ray Fiennes Uma Thurman movie from yeah. what 1998. So the fact that there's an episode called Mr. Teddy Bear means we get that scene with all the teddy bears. Yeah, mm. and I think that's a kind of interesting leap to have made. And it's like, oh, this will be a bit of endgizy, you know. Yeah. But there are yeah. scenes and there are moments throughout the whole series that get referenced in that movie, so you do get that mm. scene in. Augusta Winter's house, don't you? Where, where it's it's kind of a bit like the house that Jack built. Mm. But you've gone back to your beloved Tara. Have you watched? How many Taras have you watched, watched
0: recently? I've watched about uh, ooh, half, two-thirds. Um, uh, wow. Uh, it, uh,
1: you bi- you've been, binging. You've been yeah, binging Tara. Yeah, but
0: I've not been watching them in order. I can't... I'm very uh-huh. bad at watching them in order. I, I, think I How do you it? keep track? Don't you just find yourself oh, going, oh, well, I watched
1: this one last week. Well, the good thing
0: about <laughs> Watching it on Prime, it's, um, one if I watch it on Prime, it's good because it tells you you've mm. just watched it. So. Oh, I see. Ah. But I, I keep I, forgetting these modern ways of watching things. <laughs> we'll, we'll
1: move on to that later. But yes,
0: I think I just, yeah, I've just been sort of watching. Favorites mm. and and then and then sort of I, I I do like there are some quite quirky ones I like. Mm. Um,
1: I think you posted a couple of days ago that you'd, you'd watched the lighthouse one, which is yes. one of my favorites. Yeah, um, but I like the I one. Think they, I, did, I think I did half a show on that about two years ago.
0: Yeah, I like the one when they um they go to the which is supposed to be a bit of a spoof on the on the prisoner where they go mm. for, to a holiday home but they can't leave. Mm. And well, Tara yeah. goes to visit her uncle and uh, mm. yeah, there's there's. I quite like the humor, and I like the humor of the. Uh, I like the ends of the episodes in the Tara era mm. because some of them are just absolutely ridiculous. I think some of the mm. the ends of the episodes of the MPL stories tend to be more whimsical, like mm. or the, or like the black and white ones. They're mm-hmm. leaving on different modes of transport. Mm. There, there's one I just kind of just couldn't help but. But chuckle. There's one of the Tara Kings where she buys Steed a clock, and it's mentioned earlier in the story that she's trying to get this clock for Steed. And when it goes off, it's like Big Ben in his in his Mm. little flat. It's 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 just not even. It's it's beyond the. It's the fact. It's fantasy by this point. Some of it.
1: (laughs) Well, the tag scenes they start to break the fourth wall a bit, don't they? They are and they are sort of bringing you in on the joke. I think that in many ways is a is a very late '60s pop art thing, isn't it? It, It feels like they are actually. The wonderful thing about the Avengers is it feels like it's absolutely in tune with the times it was mm. made, mm. and I think there's that sort of magic about that. You mm. feel that that Carnaby Street and all that stuff is going on just on the other side of the wall. Really. Yeah. it feels part of that world, part of that pushing envelopes and and you know let it all hang out. And I mean, even Steed in that last series gets a bit more sideburn even yeah. yeah. than the To me it makes him look about ten years older, but (laughs) but it does kind of it he has that of the times because of all the sixties spies, in many ways Steed is the most out of time, Mm. and yet because of the way people were dressing, he actually suddenly looks incredibly hip and groovy (laughs) in a kind of square kind of a way it's a fascinating thing that the people were wearing bowler hats and top hats and everything like that ironically but Steve comes into that and feels like he belongs isn't there an episode well, where he visits a photographer i, I seem I, to remember there's yeah, a sure, uh, and he yeah. it goes to a photography studio and yeah. and they just keep taking pictures of him because they think he's so street <laughs> and yeah. he's been sent you know i think it's um the, the boy with the knack i think uh, ray brooks as yeah. the photographer yeah. but i might be wrong about that
0: yeah yeah, I, I'm far more. Whereas if you see if you see like Jason King, I just think he just mm. look, he just he just looks like somebody I'd want to run away from. He, <laughs> he, he, uh, much rather, I much I much rather Steve turned up. Yeah, he, he's much more cool in a uh, different way. It, it is King interesting
1: just, because Katie Manning, uh, you know, talks about that, that they dressed her in Bieber and they dressed her in uh, Mary Quant and all that kind of thing mm. for at that time, and it and it was very now and of the moment. Even though <coughs> let's go into unit dating another time. I yeah. Think. And- but there's that, there's that very cutting-edge thing that fashion is weird. I think this is one of the two things, actually. There are, t- there are two things that always make television look dated to me, and it's cars and fashion. Mm. And you can almost spot a vision of the future by sometimes even the wallpaper. Maybe mm. the wallpaper is the third one as well. Mm. You know, you can actually tell the interior design, but the design generally, and the, and the cars people are driving mm. and the clothes people are wearing, all can make something look a lot older than something that was yeah, much yeah. more simple and much more plain. I think sometimes that's the beauty of 60s and, you know, I hate to harp on about it, but some of the black and white shows is they don't look as gaudy. They don't look as colourful. So the colours don't look, I hate to say out of fashion, but you know what I mean? The of a time and, uh, and there are years of particular color is fashionable and suddenly it can go out of date yeah
0: i remember like sort of late 60s early 70s yellow and orange was very mm. popular you had a lot of shirts yeah. and things in, in things like dark shadows and, mm. and, and 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 lost in space with the the, mm. the uniforms are very yellow and 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 mm. uh, yeah I, I remember watching an episode of dark shadows which was in color mm. and what it was like the matriarch of the house her dress was It was shimmery and black, but it almost Mm. seemed to have a... You always thought if you went up to it, you'd get sucked into it. It looked like it was a a living thing. It was was Mm. so strobing on the screen. Um, I
1: remember a few years ago, well, I've probably mentioned this before, but I just remember watching a few of the early episodes of EastEnders and mm. everything just looked brown. Mm. So 1985 must have been brown. That's yeah. all I can
0: say. Yeah. Uh, one of the um, Tara King, talking about like mm? um, wallpaper and all that sort of thing, there's an episode of, of the Tara King called Pandora, which mm. some reviews seem to think it's awful and, and some mm. reviews seem to think it's really good. And it's mm. Linda Thorson's favourite episode and, and it's mm. one of my favourite episodes, so I don't agree with mm. the ones that say But it's what is one where... She gets kidnapped because she looks like the the bow of of some guy who's going a bit who's losing his mind, um, mm. who's like who. Like a family member, and and, and they yeah. know know he's got, and, and um, so they have to make her think that she is this person. And the set for that episode is amazing. All of the, the wallpaper and everything it's very mm. detailed, and and it's got it's got a really really good cast. It's got Julian Glover in, and I, one of the critics of that episode seemed to say that it wasn't good. Because they kind of said that Linda Thorson's acting wasn't very good in it, but she's supposed to be being, being drugged, so that she mm. believes that she's. So I don't mm. see where her acting is, and and, and also. I, I don't see how, in a way, that it's a perfect story for her character because Tara is. I always like people have suggested to me that Tara King is like the Joe Grant of, Do- whereas Emma Peel is like the Sarah Jane Smith. Joe and Tara are more bumbling; they make mistakes. They're more, but but they're mm-hmm. likable and they're they're trying hard and and they're more they're they're a bit more sort of vulnerable. And mm. uh, you can't really imagine Emma Peel being kidnapped and drugged. She's it, kidnapped every other week, well, I Well, she imagine. is, but, she's, but not in that sort of... Not in that the way. sort of more vulnerable way that, 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 right. that okay. in that entire episode. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's one of my favourites. And when is mm. Linda Thorson? I think it's Linda Thorson's favourites.
1: <laughs> we could pause for a moment here and actually reflect a little bit on received opinion. You know, mm. I think, actually... Any episode of any television series is going to have its fans, even if everybody else hates it. Mm -hmm. There's going to be somebody for whom that particular moment means something or is a little bit of magic and everything like that. And let's be honest, who are we to disagree with somebody who likes a thing because they like a thing? Somebody else can dislike a thing, but that doesn't mean that they're wrong that nobody nobody's wrong i mean people can dislike and like stuff but it doesn't really matter
0: yeah that's what makes me cross about the way that people who really like jodie whittaker have been treated Mm -hmm. by other members because it's all very well people could have opinions but Mm. it's just that the people who dare to say they liked jodie whittaker Mm. are like shouted down like no 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 no, Mm. (laughs) you must be mad or something you know it's very um it just seems to be very sort of no, you, you have to believe, everybody has to not yeah. liked her episodes, and the, the people that are saying that are just saying that to wind us up or something.
1: Mm. I think it's interesting, because people in general, we do have this terrible need to, to be liked, and we do have this terrible need to, it's the birds of a feather thing, isn't it? We like people to like our opinions, but there's this terrible movement to criticise, in all manner of fandom I don't even just mean television fandom or film fandom I just mean in fandoms generally there seems to be this desire to factionalize to say no you're wrong Mm. and you're wrong because you think that and you think well no they're not wrong they just have an opinion Mm. and that opinion matters to them and I think it is kind of worrying this tendency to you know, I can sit here and you can sit here and we can say, well, that episode's rubbish and somebody else will say, but I love that one and they're entitled to love it. Mm. And, and Why not? I mean, I'm, I'm always willing to be persuaded. <laughs> you know, I can hold my hands up and say I have been watching a show that I have for 15 years held as the absolute benchmark of really bad television and that's Bone Kickers. Mm. And we we binge watch Bone Kickers and actually we quite enjoyed it. Mm. And it's got its faults you know mm. but actually as a piece of 6 hours of television it wasn't as bad as i expected it to be so you know your opinion on things can change over time i think there's an interesting thing with people who feel they have a sense of proprietorial or ownership if you like of a show they mm. feel it's you know it's their show and, and these people are messing with it because they're not making the show the people who are making the show are the people who are making the show that mm. and what they do is basically what gets done mm. but i think it's interesting when people sort of feel they own it somehow mm. and therefore anybody who doesn't like what they like are wrong i think there's something quite sad but also very toxic about that mm.
0: yeah I mean everyone's got a favourite era of something I mean mm. when I, I sort of first got into fandom it was mm. around the time of, of Sylvester McCoy and, and mm. I was I was very keen on that era but, but partly because it was a very fun, I was meeting new people and I was starting to mm. see all and, and yeah this is the thing about Doctor this is why I'm very sort of uh, unsympathetic of, of the people who, who who moan about certain more modern Doctors because mm. I just think well, no, you're the problem. Not the. Mm. This has always been the case. There's always been somebody mm. who doesn't, you know, you you'll be you'll hear people saying, "Oh, well, I haven't really watched this since John Pertwee." And you think, "Well, what about Tom mm. Baker?" But but they were mm. just at the age where they they grew out of it by yeah. the end of John Pertwee. Mm. And and it's it, it's not the Tom mm. Baker. You wouldn't say, "Oh, well, that means that Tom Baker is bad," but because of mm. the later doctors, people tend to, "Oh, it's because they were bad," or, mm. or uh, you know. But everyone's gonna, yeah. you know, have a have a favorite, and that's the if I don't enjoy a Doctor as much, then I don't presume it's necessarily yeah. anything to do with the programme. I just think, oh, well, you know, this is, this is what always happens.
1: You know, collective group think is a really weird thing. It really is. I mean, certainly if you're running a list of, say, favourite Avengers episodes, mm. you know. You would probably find that the same old ones are at the bottom, mm. you know, if there was a vote. And sometimes it's just because everybody thinks... A lot of the time, people haven't even watched the episode. They've just mm. been told it's rubbish, so they haven't watched mm. it, so they vote it down. Mm. And I think it's fascinating to me, because I also move in Quatermass circles. Mm. <laughs> mm. Weekly Quatermass pension. Mm. <laughs> mm. And, and the people who came to it via the Brian Levy films, Really love those, even though there's a lot of people who say, Oh, they can't stand his performance. And there are a lot of people who prefer the Quake Mass and the Pit movie to the Quake Mass and the Pit TV show you know, Mad Fools. But you know, but they, no, they're entitled their opinion, fair mm-hmm. enough. And that's the thing, that's the one they first discovered, and that's the one they remember really getting to them when they were at a particular age or whatever. But it's it's fascinating that something that has different actors in almost every version of it that was not made in any kind of particular you know, way to be consistent, mm. still has these arguments breaking out. Most people, I, it, it's weird because if you go into even something like football fandom, you know, there, mm. there, are, there, are, there are these people who say, oh, it's not like the old days, or this player's better, and oh, I hate him, or I love him, you know, it, it's weird that oh, we well, have this need to get tribal
0: over things. And there's no need to be tribal. Well, I find it quite—I found it quite interesting, as, as I say, reading that Paul O'Grady book because I don't know if it was just mm. the age he was. I don't mm. know whether he was too young for can't quite. Well, I guess he—I think he was born in about fifty-five or something like that. Mm. Uh, so he's in his mid-sixties. He's when he died, yeah. And, and, yeah. So maybe he perhaps didn't see, say, the M A P L episodes because he would have mm. been too young. But and every reference he makes is to Tara King. Mm. Um, he doesn't mention it. Not that he didn't like those episodes, and I think he was friends with all all three of of them in the end, but... Every reference... There's he makes a
1: lovely to... photo, isn't there, of him with Honor Blackman on the Yeah. yeah. That... that popped up the last couple of weeks. It's
0: yeah. A really nice photo. Yeah. yeah, but every reference he makes is to, oh, Tara King wouldn't have done that, or mm. or Steed and Tara, he, rather than Steed. Mm. And I find it quite refreshing, because obviously Tara, he was the right age for Tara, and that's the Avengers he presumably enjoyed most of all. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly the one he refers to most, most of all. And, and I think there are quite a lot of Tara King fans out there. I, I do make, meet them quite often, or p- people who... You know, not we don't like Emma, but but mm. i think you know we, well, the, do you well, feel like that, you should stand up and go tara was cool as well but that tara season was
1: specifically specifically made with the knowledge that they, they were selling that the, the mm. show had already been sold mm. to america so it did have a slightly more international feel but the interesting thing about it is whilst it might not be thought of as a huge american success because it didn't get renewed didn't mm. get a second Series. Mm. The interesting thing to me is how popular it was in Europe and how mm. most people, certainly the French money that came yeah. in for the New Avengers, came because of how how much they loved the Tara King
0: series. Because um, Patrick and Linda even did a an advert to, mm. just before New Avengers came back. Still, still as the as as Tara and mm. and, and, and Steed. Um, mm. I think. Um, I don't know. You said about how how people feel that they. You know, they want to, or, or sort of follow things that are popular, or, or, mm. or not. I, I think because I spent most of my childhood in the in the 80s, being very keen on things that weren't were no longer popular. Like, mm. you know, I was one of the few people who's in my class at school who still liked Doctor Who fanatically. Mm. um I, I liked Abba after Abba had split up, and when nobody yeah. liked Abba, but I never thought about hiding the fact that I. 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 I think I was so. I don't. You know were not that, a. You were never in the closet. I no. I don't think that. <laughs> so I don't think I really cared. Yeah. You know, if so I liked something, in my
1: school was bigger than me, so I couldn't possibly. <it>.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I, I think I was. I think I was lucky also because Scary footballers. Because, because I was in a very small primary school, right, of sixty kids um, yeah. in the whole school, and then I, I left primary school at eleven. But ended up going to a school where I didn't come in at the bottom. I came in at, at the fi- at a school where people, most people, changed again at, at thirteen. So I came in at the penultimate year of that. So I was never the baby in that school. And then mm-hmm. when I went to the grammar school, I came in at the third year. So I was never the baby at the grammar school. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think um, I, I survived a certain. You could natural. indulge yourself without yeah. people, without yeah, be- people Because mocking I, and- I was too. I was. Too, too senior to to uh, be, too, 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 uh, be. that line
1: from the Radio Times Doctor Who tenth anniversary special pops into my mind now. I was laughed at and mocked for my faith in Doctor Who and they, and, and shunned. It's interesting. I, I just I, I remember very vividly the day somebody at school said, "Well, oh, that's just rubbish," and 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 I wanted to crawl off under a rock and never never speak of it again but then like you know yeah. i thought
0: the football was rubbish so um well uh, yes. s- s- and uh... I, I, but we, again,
1: we we move in crowds. I mean, that's that's you know, I mean, th- there's a, a lot of people who who argue quite reasonably that cosplay and dressing up in as a in your favourite football shirt are no different, really. Mm.
0: Mm. Well, I often say that you know the sports fans are the a hundred times more fanatical than any Doctor Who fan. <laughs> the the lengths that they go, and, um, or they travel half an hour, up and down the country to watch the team. Mm. That they know isn't doing very well at least we don't have to go that far to watch the next episode of Doctor Who
1: <laughs> if a show's not doing very well yeah yeah <laughs> well I, I just remember having to get up early to get to to Woolies to get a videotape but there we go <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: but um well you know that's that's the whole thing isn't it I mean because uh, you have your books your magazines whatever you know you collect if you're a fan of something and that and you know football fans collect Programs and you know it's it's no it's it, there's a fundamental need I think amongst a certain kind of person to hang on to bits of their past and bits or bits of moments of glory or moments of tragedy or somehow we we do like these memory prompts and you know it's an absolute boom for people who want to make money out of collecting you know I mean do you actually collect stuff at all I mean do you still buy Blu-rays DVDs yeah. I know, well I know you buy DVDs but I mean do you buy them to collect them do you buy books do you get magazines
0: i've I Get Doctor Who magazine. Trouble is, mm. I often find don't have the time to read. So there's probably lots of editions mm. that I kind of flick through, not even, opened. And, and, mm. and but but not sat down and read page for page. Mm. I'm beginning to find the typeface is so tiny as well. Right. But where do you draw the
1: line at collecting? I mean, I, I know we're all on budgets these days. I mean, because I, I, I'm always amazed. I, I don't know what the algorithm is doing, but I get these adverts, emails, from places i bought stuff from in the past. And they, they seem to think that I'd be fascinated to buy a whole range of bobbleheads for some reason. <laughs> Or they they do seem to think I'm going to like action figures. Now I know that people you know like action figures. I know you buy vinyl. They're always trying to sell me vinyl. I, I've not bought a vinyl off them in you know 40 years. Mm. But but for some reason they seem to think I'll be interested in that because I have bought other things. They they obviously know the collector gene exists. But do you? I mean, do you buy Big Finish stuff at all?
0: I bought. I, I used to buy them mm. a bit, but again I, it'd be the trouble of i try and put them i try and load them mm. on my iPod for when i was mm. commuting but then i'd find find it quite difficult to concentrate on stories right whereas with music you can sort of your eye, you yeah. can let your eyes wander out the window i'd find i was staring out the window at, uh, at the view you and then lost the track i'd miss the plot the track of the story mm. Mm. but
1: you watch television on on your phone so uh, yeah, or yeah you can uh, follow that if you're not staring out the window that's that's fair enough yeah i just wondered because obviously in, te- in television terms to me, the collectible stuff, if you like, is the actual programmes. And the collectible stuff, yeah. whether that is through downloads or however you choose to collect them, you acquire access to the actual shows. And the sort of second tier for me is the books about television, which I'm kind of interested in, but I don't, I can't be comprehensive because, let's face it, it's sort of a bomb. And, you know, we, we've all got limits. But basically, the DVDs, the books, and you know probably third tier for me is possibly some CDs but mm. i tend to draw the line there and i just I, 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 yeah. apart from the magazines obviously but um i just wondered really when it comes to collecting you know, do you have a level, or do you have a, a room full of plastic Daleks or anything? No,
0: I mean I have I have done in the past, but when mm. when Dapple figures were mm. were back in the 90s or whatever that whenever that mm. was late 80s. Actually, I had a friend who was very into Cybermen, and he mm. bought a lot of Cybermen Dapple figures, and and I had some Daleks. But then, mm. I got to the stage where when it came to birthdays, I was mm. used to seem to get things that he used to. That right. he okay. and, and like I get a Christmas present being like, oh mm. some more some more mm. Dapple Daleks that you've decided you don't actually want anymore. So I ended up with far more Cybermen and Daleks than than um, I, I really needed because they were being <laughs> purloined on me. Do you think
1: collectors or or do you think fans, television fans, maybe film fans or fans generally? Do you think we do have or I'd say we? Do you think they do have? more disposable income than or, or other people they're not we if you like do you think they because we we do seem to get targeted by collectableness mm-hmm. and there do seem to be some people you read articles about them in in the magazines we buy who seem to literally buy absolutely everything and i just wonder where a collector has so, to make choices you know you don't you can't buy absolutely every Doctor Who figure, or Doctor Who book, or Doctor Who magazine, or you know, there must come a point at which you say, "I've got to draw a line," because where do you put it all?
0: I guess some people are are more consumers, mm. whereas I've got my own projects, mm. and, and I have done the last thirty years, whether it be mm. Sutton Park, whether it be mm. poetry books, whether it be mm. you know editing videos, editing podcasts. Mm. Uh, I'm ultimately I'm more if 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 somebody said. You can devote yourself to Doctor Who or to your own projects. Mm. I, you say do your own projects I say goodbye. I say goodbye, yeah. Doctor Who. Mm. Um, you know, it's not, never
1: going to come to that. But I, because I imagine that there's an awful lot of collectible stuff or stuff that is bought that never even comes out of the cellophane. I mean, there's, mm. it's an awful lot of stuff that's in mint condition out there, and you do start to wonder really how many. How many Doctor Who books, or how many television books, or how many tie-in books go unread, or are sitting on shelves, or you know, people are surrounding themselves with this stuff, and you just kind of wonder, because obviously it'll be valuable one day when you come to sell it or whatever. Is it is it basically a retirement plan for? Fandom? Yeah, sometimes
0: I think that, that is the case for some people. Uh, the things that I have bought, there's a few things where I, or I've surprised myself where I'm, mm. where I've been the only person in my friend group that's been doing, doing something, but. Mm. I'll come to that in a moment but, mm. but what I bought recently I'd say I like last year I bought the production diaries of John John Nathan Turner which mm. was quite interesting um, I bought like a behind the scenes book on Saffron Steel because I was like oh I didn't mm. even know this existed mm. but the thing I remember being kind of gosh why is nobody else doing this and I don't know if it was mm. just because I-, I was a little bit slightly ahead maybe with, mm. with internet or, or the speed of internet that I mm. had in my house or something but when web of fear and um enemy of the world came out mm. they pretty much said oh you can download it now it's mm. and, and then the the dvds would be out in two months time mm. and I, most of the people i know were like okay two months time's fine and i was mm. but whereas i was sitting up till three o'clock in the morning you know consider, considering what i said about um mm. you know video black and white um mm. i was kind of like I can't believe people are waiting two months. Mm. It's here now. You can have it now. And, mm. and, and I think my internet was a little bit slow. I think it took a good few hours just to get one episode down. But I, mm. I had, I, I knew it was there, and I, I had to have mm. it. Because I think
1: that's the beauty of missing episodes turning up. You were really, you know, it's something that you've heard about all your life, and you mm. can finally watch it, and mm. it has has a kind of glorious magic
0: to it. I couldn't have waited two months. You might get you you might, might get squashed by a falling piano in the, in those two months.
1: <laughs> I well, know. I think for most of us, at least, you know, the spoiler alert was out of the question because we'd already read the target book. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think again, the interesting thing is because you, I know, I know you have. A relatively large DVD collection. Mm. I don't know how huge your DVD collection is, but I know we've talked about some of the stuff you bought. How would you say it's all been watched? Is it all? Is, is it no, a lot no, of it yeah, never no. been touched? But-
0: I've uh, not necessarily. Never touched, but maybe I watched one or two episodes and then kind of. Um, you'll come back to it one come, day. We'll come back to it thing. one day, yeah. Mm. I usually uh, at least open but Also, uh, some of the box sets I bought of things like uh don't you know, Man in a Suitcase, or mm. th- things that I, I kind of well, it was so cheap I bought it. Yeah, you um, dabble, but
1: I'll you, you, watch it one day, kind
0: but, of. But, but yeah, I haven't necessarily dipped very far into some of those. Mm. Um, and I, I, I did, I did open my Jason King box set, um, mm. and um,
1: shut it again very quickly. Yes. Well, I, I, for,
0: I forgot the how bad the picture quality was. Relative, relatively mm. bad. Um, and I watched one episode, and I was kind of, kind of like, mm. "Yeah, that's enough for tonight. I'll come back to it." Mm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed Jason K. It's interesting. I watched it directly after watching Department S. You know, mm. it was kind of like, oh, well, you enjoyed that. We'll watch this. And you know, I suspect maybe our telly isn't that big, but uh, mm. I didn't find it unwatchable. I, I mean, it's unwatchable in some for different reasons, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what about the books? So, do you read all of them, or do you? I mean, are, are you? Because I, I know I have got books I bought. You know, quite expensive television books that I bought that actually. I haven't actually read yet, and I sort of look at them sometimes and think, will I ever? And I, I, I kind of worry about that sometimes. That you know, we have become a kind of accumulative kind of people, and mm-hmm. we draw these things to ourselves. And I just wonder whether it is just me, or actually whether you know, whether people do read this
0: stuff. It's part. It's, well, one of one of my reasons of things changing partly because mm-hmm. of my rheumatism is that I've almost totally abandoned reading. Physical books, and I right. mostly just read uh, digital books, not um, mm. just on my iPhone, not even, yeah. not, not even on a Kindle. So I'm reading because I've got the time. I, I'm reading more than I read for, um. for for years and years. Um, mm. But I'd have uh, to have glasses
1: like bottle tops to, to
0: do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is, you can make bit. you can make the screen. You can make the words. I don't know how. Yes. I don't know how many pages per screen. Like you know, how, how, mm. I pro- I'm probably probably a, a screen for every. Every third third word yeah <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I get to, I, I get through a lot more books than mm. I have done for ages um, mm. but yeah I'm sure I mean I have got a little, a lot of books that I I want to read that I bought mm. perhaps a year or two before I started I, I moved over where I'm kind of like well I'd like to read you mm. but um, mm. I, yeah it's it's not easy to do mm.
1: so um, we, we talked briefly about this earlier and I said we would come back to it Watching your shows on other media because you st- you still collect discs, but do yeah. you um you have you accumulated a lot of stuff from downloads or I mean have you got massive hard drives churning away in the background there is, is, is or is it is it just that you have access to them online the shows that you it, want to see yeah
0: it's, ma- it's mainly digital stuff is mainly the mm. stuff I've got on Prime so uh, but then they're often duplicates of stuff I do have mm. on disc as well uh, does it
1: worry you though that you know, for some quirky reason of rights and licenses, that those shows might suddenly become unavailable to you, or do you own them forever because you've well, purchased them?
0: Um, no, I mean it does concern me that they may vanish, which is why, mm. if I like something enough, I would always want a physical copy as well. Mm. So, so except except for the odd film or TV show mm. that I know I probably only want to watch once, and, oh, yeah. and also some of these places, you can't. You know, I don't. I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a massive, massive fan of, of Stranger Things, but I did watch. Mm. The, uh, but I like, I liked it. Uh, mm, and and liked if you it could, enough. yeah, and if you could buy a DVD, maybe I would have done. But it, you can't, mm. because mm. Netflix keeps a lot of its stuff as. as just on its Exclusives, yeah. yeah, so that same.
1: people will keep subscribing yeah, you, can, but, you can see that business model working for them i suppose yeah, but, but,
0: but i don't know
1: i've got this these things you know yours to own forever on video yours to own forever on dvd mm-hmm. and you kind of think i like the fact that i've got them i like the fact that they're yeah, there mm-hmm. but actually probably most of them i've watched once I, you know i can go back and watch them again if i want to
0: yeah. But most
1: of the things that I have on, on physical media I've, I've probably seen once because there's already so many other things mm. to watch, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Now, you were saying to me that quite a lot of your television enjoyment comes from late-night viewing on YouTube, and that's another channel, another available yeah. source of and, of I, television.
0: And, and um, I'm not talking about... Well, not, not entirely talking about things that were ever... You know, um, available elsewhere. These are literally mm. things made by people for YouTube. Their own uh, programs, yeah. yeah.
1: Quite often, we're talking about television in much the same way we do, but probably with with a budget.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, um, a, a lot of these people who start off on, on YouTube, it starts off very sort of, you know, uh, basic bedroom, but, but then they in camera. If yeah, they're webcam. lucky, they get. But if they're lucky, they get the following and then they can start making money off it. And Mm. it gets to the point where they... uh, A lot of the channels I watch are sort of travelogue-type shows. And whereas, you know, the things you see on TV might be John Lumley go somewhere. uh, Mm. I do get to the point where it almost is, do I like this celebrity who's doing this show? Mm. Whereas watching them on YouTube, you kind of... I mean, it does come down to other people presenting the videos or or releasing the videos. Do they work well in front of the camera? Mm. And... Um, and and some some are much better than others. And mm. but uh, because I haven't been able to travel as much, I I mm. do like you know some of the travelog ones where they literally See go all over the world, over the thing, world. Through,
1: through your screen, or yeah, they yeah, do
0: things that I would never do, like jump off things or, or yeah. climb up mm. the, the high things or the mm. you know on their travels. And um, yeah. and, and the thing well, is, well, they get access,
1: don't they? That's the thing. They, they do get access. What fascinates me is uh, every week now I seem to switch on one or other of the channels and there seems to be an advert for another celebrity goes on a train journey because the Portillo series have been so popular that it's like whoever they can get to mm. go on a train journey they'll they'll pay you to travel the world if you're a bloke who used to do a DIY show mm. or like you say Joanna Lumley or um, you used to be Baldrick you know there seems to be some reason to to slap you on a train and get you to see I don't know,
0: India or Australia at least one of i I don't want to slag anyone off, but uh, <laughs> there, there, there was one particular, and then you already mentioned them, and then no, it's not Joanna Lumley. One what, what of those, I, I just found that they might be entertaining when they're acting but i found them mm. very uninspiring as a presenter and and, and not, oh not...
1: i've i've been i've been terrible over the years paul mm. about by like, the fact that uh, you shouldn't really interview folk who who make a living being somebody else sometimes they <laughs> really don't have much to say about anything but yeah. we, we put them in regard in, in the same way that it's it's quite all right for a footballer to comment on the football game but i don't really want to know
0: well yeah i mean i do sort of subscribe to doing, probably doing my own podcast that really interviewing a famous person compared to interviewing somebody who knows
1: what they're talking about and is enthusiastic
0: about like talking about um yeah there's very little difference a lot of the famous people appear on multiple podcasts depending on what they're asked almost mm-hmm. telling the same anecdotes and and, and and actually it comes down to it you think that other than they're on telly, they're very much like us, <laughs> and sometimes not even as exciting as us. Um, well, yeah.
1: budget requirements aside, I, I've always thought that part of the way we do the show I'm doing here is that it's quite nice to talk to people who are just enthusiastic about telly. It yeah. doesn't matter whether anybody's heard of them. I was, I've
0: been reading quite a lot of autobiographies, and I read Joan mm. Collins, I read, I read a more recent Joan Collins one, and I read a, a, an earlier one, and mm. the difference between her enthusiasm for meeting famous people at the start and mm. by the nineties, oh no, Frank Sinatra's turned up. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, it was, well, yeah, it did seem like gosh, yes, being famous is all very well, but even famous people get to the point where it's all a bit sort of, uh, mm. well, I've got to go and sit next to that person because I know they're good fun, but I don't really want to be talking to any of the others. But, but, the terrible ennui of the human condition. Paul, that's yeah, what it yeah. is. Uh, but, um, but yeah, yes what else did
1: you want to ask <laughs> no, I, it, no, it was, I could say I just I know you said you'd been watching these YouTube shows and, and yeah. the fact that you, you were saying that quite often you think it is it is fascinating that they are now as popular as some of the mainstream
0: shows well, well also I, I started watching one and it's, it, it, it is a bit like you know, you know how there's that thing about yeah it's like comic books where you start reading one and then it crosses over to something else and you're like oh, 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 it, oh uh, multimedia I, yes. oh dear but, me yeah. Yeah, it's trying to like, keep
1: track are you a trekkie, Paul? Are you? Are you still a trekkie? Have um, you ever been
0: a trekkie? No, not, not, not too much. Not, no, um, okay. No, um,
1: okay. Or are you a Star Wars? Fan? No, definitely not. <laughs> no, okay. no it's it's
0: just it's interesting because
1: i think that those two fandoms mm. specifically at the moment are are struggling to keep up with yeah. all the different iterations I, and and again this is creeping in also i think to doctor who fandom as well you can now if you don't follow the comics and the audios and the tv show itself and the various spin-off books, and, and sometimes they start to feel like you can't consume everything, you can't see everything, and, and you can suddenly feel out of the loop because you don't know what happened in a big finish mm. production that happened 20 years ago that suddenly people are referencing. And I think it's fascinating because there's so many versions, there's so many iterations now of Star Trek for people.
0: i can't tell, I tell you why I never really got it to being... Well, other than... I don't really like space. I like sci. I like Doctor Who. Yeah. I, I don't really like. I don't, and I just think Star Trek. You're is... You're not necessarily
1: the, sci-fi. Film. It, it, it's a science fiction. No,
0: hard science more. Fiction no, no, no. More, I, I find it all very. Sort of like Star Trek is all very. It might as well be the army in space. It's it's. it's yeah. Okay. It's it's it sort of follows along with my how I say like when I like things like. Agatha like Christie. I like Miss Marple. I like the, the mm. I'd I, I rather than the, the detective with the police behind. Them. I like that. Yes,
1: you're not a respecter of authority.
0: Doctor Who is the Miss Marple of, of sci-fi. I don't know. No, um, but that's
1: the episode quote we can put out.
0: <laughs> but 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 I, I, the other reason is that for many years all there was of Star Trek was three seasons before the movie. You know, there yeah. was, that wasn't really en- enough for me to dedicate my life to a show. I can understand mm. if you came to it later, there's a, there was a lot more. Um, and also, Star Wars, three films for many years, just three films. Mm. And also, I discovered Doctor Who between Star Wars and mm. Emperor Strikes Back. And there was mm. you know, no room for Star Wars after Doctor Who was discovered. That's <laughs> That's um, but... but um, yeah, I just, I just don't think those series were big enough for me. At, they weren't big enough for me at the time. Um,
1: they, are <laughs> yeah, they are now.
0: Yeah, they are now. But too late, too late. But, mm-hmm. um, but going back to the YouTube things, that, yeah, I mean, you start watching one and maybe you see, it kind of says, oh, you might like to watch this one. Mm-hmm. And um, I started watching one, which is a whole family who've travelled around the world on a mm-hmm. boat, like, the, over the last seven years. I mean... Mm-hmm. That's not in the newspapers, but you know mm. it seems like you know and, and and their blog or their their blog is is all about their life traveling around the i mean mm. more videos than I had time to watch i've only really just discovered them, mm. but in fact, I discovered that site because mm. one of their sons they, i mean I think every single child on that boat mm. does their own little blog, and I happened to mm. watch one of the other ones and then found oh this isn 't actually the main mm. uh, you know feed for this this mm. um, and um of course. You know people using drones suddenly mm. you know the difference the photography between yeah be, yeah quite the difference polity. between the bbc or whatever they're using drones so these youtube channels mm. and suddenly it, it you know the difference between what's effectively an amateur video and a professional video is very it's, it's hard to tell really yes yeah, um, it's
1: marginal isn't it i mean yeah. everybody's got hd now and mm. can sh- and shoot mm. pretty much anything on, a, on an iphone if yeah. you know, the other phones are available but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, But do you think it ever bothers you? I mean, there are only twenty-four hours in a day, and mm. you do have to sleep sometimes, Mm. and obviously there are other things you have to do in life. Do you really think it bothers you that there's so much to consume? I mean, for example, if you went down a rabbit hole with these travel shows, Mm. would that prevent you from watching the half million neighbours episodes that are available to watch?
0: Well, I think um, I think the well, of course. Yeah, a lot of old Neighbours has been made available on the run-up to mm. this new series. I've been watching 2012 episodes, which is around the time I started mm. re- w- started watching it again when I came mm. back to it. But something like Neighbours kind of fits in. I've got such a short attention span. I find even mm. in like an episode of The Avengers, I have to have a break halfway through if mm. if I'm watching it by myself, or well, I go off and do a bit of editing, then I come back and watch the other half.
1: Were you brought up on ITV
0: by any chance? <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's just it's just it's just more recently. Yeah, um, it's twenty minutes. And I, I, I also with the yeah. the podcast, I, I kind of I sort of almost I watch TV as a break, a little break from editing, mm. and um, so. Yeah, like David's at twenty minutes or so is, is is about right to watch one in, mm. in one sitting, and the, mm. a lot of the YouTube videos are between ten and twenty minutes. That mm. so I think partly watching those um, is partly because they're they're, they're shorter, and mm. yeah, I think I'm just having. Do you think
1: television is finding that though? Do you think attention spans are getting shorter? Do you think it's it, the television model of the future will be for shorter? programmes, but more of them, you know, the 10-minute the chunks. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's interesting to me that because, like I say, all the classic television, now sometimes people say, oh, it's very slow, not much happens, you know, mm. the old television. But equally, quite a lot of these shows you can watch in 15-, 20-minute chunks because of the commercial breaks and the way they were split up, so, you know, the ITV stuff that's available specifically. So I think it is interesting because I start to wonder whether... Even you know, the feature film as a form is going to lose traction because people are going to say, oh, I don't want to sit still for two hours. And yet it's quite interesting to me also that certain films that were, say, two, three hours long in the cinema are now being turned into eight-part miniseries to tell the story better. Mm. So uh, I think there was a version a few years ago of The Name of the Rose that was mm. the same book, the mm. same story, but somehow running it over eight hours made it feel richer. I mean, I loved the original film, I always will, but it sort of made... It was a different way of telling that same story that sort of took other aspects. So I think it's interesting how television is evolving mm. and sort of going with our with our attention spans. I mean, I know there's this terrible thing that we can't not look at our phones for 10 minutes, and that's why programmes have to be 10 minutes now. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, and, and there's a, there's... You know, a great many people who can't even drive down the street without looking at their phone. But we won't go into that either. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it is interesting that that sense that the shorter storytelling seems to be almost accompanied by the sort of bit part storytelling that is actually telling things in a longer way. And I think it's also fascinating because of, you did mention neighbours, that idea of the ongoing storyline in the soaps mm. still seems to be as popular as ever it was, even if it's in twenty minute chunks on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I mean, I uh, home at the moment. I think home in a way is the only thing I'm watching that Mm. that is a covered show, and Mm. and, and I just love my cliffhangers. So, Mm. um, so,
1: are you looking forward to the return of Neighbours? Yeah, even though all all the actors who were brought back for that special last thing are now chuntering about the fact that they (laughs) may have been sold a pup.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and it's all and it's it's back in production as of about a week or two ago. So by the time this comes out, it'll. Been, you may yeah. have seen it. Uh, well um, no, I think it'll be a bit longer than that. But you know, it's it's back on the back on the gravy train or whatever you want to call it.
1: <laughs> You've got the ear of the neighbours fans. Do you know if there's any specific Changes for the new version. I mean, uh, is it keeping the same cast, same set?
0: A lot, a lot, a lot. Yes, I think, I think, same set. Lucky same.
1: they didn't just blow up the entire street in that. Yeah, I think they.
0: I think they were always hopeful that it was going to come back. Uh, the, the, I remember mm. the producer saying he wasn't going to do do anything like that because. Um, mm. Yeah, he was always hopeful that he would come back in some form. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a lot of people coming back, and I think there'll be a few new characters. Um, but a lot of it's still under wraps. But because it is filming, the the, mm-hmm. the the iPhones are going, and people are because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's the trouble filming on the street. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they 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 can't, they can't cut. They can't stop people coming to a certain distance up to it. Is difficult. Is it to going take. to
1: be the same? Is it going to be still five nights a week and same sort of budgets? Or have they suddenly think, gone big budget and I, there'll I be think, helicopters everywhere?
0: <laughs> I think it might be slightly bigger budget because they've been talking mm. about guest stars who are kind of relatively big movie stars in America or mm. have or were or whatever, mm. be coming in as guest villains or guests. Mm. So I think it's certainly not, doesn't sound like it's cutting back um mm. and i think it's just gonna i don't know if it's just gonna be all available or whether it'll be loaded up like you'll get five you'll get a week's worth of it all at once mm. or or quite how it'll be yet, yeah, but um Hmm. I know they've committed to doing about 280 episodes in a year. Oh, right. for so it, a for year's least, worth. For yeah. at least two years. Um, oh, right. So, um, so it's, it's,
1: it's, a, it's a decent length of contract that they've been, been offered. Yeah, That's interesting. Yeah. And of course, in, in your dreamscape, would uh, Linda Thorson do a guest role? Oh, in, yes, know, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: definitely. <laughs> I think are
1: you, you should maybe start pushing for that even as we speak yeah i think that's been a wonderful hour thank you very mm-hmm. much for your time today paul yeah. i'm uh, always pleased to talk to you i'm glad we did a bit of a i like doing these randoms occasionally mm, yeah. they just see where they take yeah i, I think mm-hmm. that's been a, been a lovely hour so thank yeah. you very much
0: no my pleasure you take care yeah you too goodbye
1: Many thanks to Paul Chandler, the Shy Yeti, for joining me for our amiable natter there. It's always very brave of my guests to face one of these random chats, and it's always much appreciated that they're prepared to go in unprepared, if that makes any sense at all to you. Paul's Avengers-themed contribution to Andrew and Lisa's Round the Archives podcast that he mentioned features in episode 65, which can be found if you just type Round the Archives into your podcast site of choice. And Paul's own prolific podcast, The Shy Life, is also widely available. And so that's another slightly off-the-beaten-track edition of Vision on Sound done with for the week, and I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I just need to take a moment to thank everyone at Fab Radio International for allowing me to keep burbling on, and of course, my thanks go out to each and every one of you for listening. As ever, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now, and take care.